Feliz Navidad. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the holiday season. Nice script writing. This is episode 216, and I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval with healthcare marketing firm that puts on the PCAST. With me today, Jackie Olson, account manager with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. How are you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. So this podcast is recording pre-holidays. We have no idea when it's going up. It may go up normal, may not, may go up just New Year's Eve, because we know you're just going to be waiting around for New Year's Eve to pop a cork before you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Midnight on New Year's Eve, that's what everyone's going to be doing, is listening to this. Whee! Are you guys doing anything fun for New Year's? I am uh, throwing a party at my house. Nice. So are we. And How about you, you Adam? Invited. <laughs> no, nice. no. I'm sure we'll just be home. It's tough to get out. I mean, it's we can't unless we get somebody in to watch the kids. Since Ari, you know, our youngest can't really. He's still in home isolation. It's tough for us to get out to do much. So it'll just be low key and at home. Nice. But that's okay. That's okay too. Yeah. Are you gonna watch Dick Clark's Rock New Year's Eve? <laughs> Isn't he dead? Yeah. yeah, I think he passed, but I, I want to no, say the Carson show is Daly's? still called that. No, oh, it's it? it's um Ryan Seacrest, right? Yeah, Ryan yeah, Seacrest. Oh, I don't know if I'd rather me. have Carson Daly. I put Ryan Seacrest and Carson Daly kind of at the same level, I think. I, could, I think, I I think like I'd take Carson Daly. Daly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like him better? Him? Seems a little less douchey. I mean, he's not, he's not not a douche, but he's just not quite as much of a douche. Wow. I think Ryan Seacrest is like five foot one. What's your point? Not like that means he can't do it. <laughs> I hate short people. <laughs> wow. Bah humbug. That was just, I was just adding to the. You better make a corrective enough. missive immediately or you're going to end up all over the internet. He, um, you're going to be like Duck Dynasty, Julianne dude. Huff. <laughs> Who yeah. is? Because that's the equivalent. Jet Ryan Dynasty. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest was dating Juliana Huff. Who is she? Uh, yeah, I don't know who she is either. She's an actress, some ilk. She was on Dancing with the Stars, and then she was in that movie with my boyfriend, Josh Dumel. Um, he's married, by the way, so unless he's cheating on Fergie, he's not your boyfriend. <laughs> he's lying to you, Jackie. What? He's never going to leave her. <laughs> my lovely lady lumps. That's okay. I can get over that. Nice. Check him out. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just referenced something that popped in the news today do you guys watch duck dynasty uh no, no. i've i good reason it's been on like when i was flipping through the channels and i stopped at it for like a minute and i was just i i don't know i don't understand what the fuss is all about no no i scratch that i understand what the fuss is all about but the show is just not i don't know it, which fuss are you talking about me. the fuss well there seems to be one fuss, fuss about what he said no, not the fuss, fuss about, about what we said. I mean, the, oh. the fuss about the show's popularity is that oh, it's yeah. kind of capitalizing on the um, the the polar kind of kind of political polar oppositeness we have going on in our society of people who what? are you know, on one side. Yeah, really? that's kind of the, one of the big arguments now. If you read, it, it's, oh. it's you've got you've got people who are. Um, it's kind of a crowd. Supposedly, now this isn't this is these aren't my words. I just read this today, and maybe I can find the link. But it's kind of this. Uh, 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 you've got the. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and this is probably wrong. I'll find the link, but it's kind of a, a 
people who are all like, don't tell me what I can do. I'll tell you what I can do. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Oh, uh, don't trample my rights. Who supposedly, you know, that's from what from based on this article uh, is, is the duck dynasty, typically the duck dynasty crowd versus the other side who is kind of, you know, probably more liberal and who is like, I can't, I hate everything that duck dynasty is stands for. It's gross. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's part of the supposed, at least oh. from what I can tell some of the, I didn't know that. Contro- I don't know if it's controversy. Is that explains right a lot about what the guy said. Yeah, more, what, more than likely. Real quick, what it, I've seen, the, I've passed by the show a few times, but I haven't really cared to watch much of it. What is it about? Do they kill it's ducks? Just, or? It's a redneck family, basically. No, right? it's more than that. The The guy who's in trouble now and what we're referencing is, a, I don't even know the guy's name. He's the patriarch of the family. He was interviewed in GQ and he had some homophobic slash racist things to say that got him suspended oh. from A&E, right? So he invented a duck call. Like oh, okay. a wah, wah, and he's made millions and millions of dollars off of it. So you have this really? yeah, backwoods, I guess now it's fair to call him redneck family that has tremendous business success, but they're kind of, from what I understand, still like down home redneck. redneck. Yeah. So it's it's just a reality show about them. I've never heard it portrayed as a political thing. And I would wonder if the person writing that article you read, Adam, has his or her own political <laughs> angles oh, and is I mean, and looking through it with those doesn't. lens. Yeah. So anyway, here here's all I want to say about it. I don't I'm not even gonna weigh in on the show or what the guy said. Uh, but it's kind of blown up over social media and I listened to radio this morning and my favorite, you know, morning radio show is a sports radio show, but they're good guys and whatever. And they were kind of talking about it and aghast. And and one guy who I like a lot was just saying, you know, it's just wrong. And, um, you know, what he said was wrong, whatever. And he started talking about these emails he was getting that people were furious. So this speaks to what you're saying, Adam. So people furious in support of Duck Dynasty guy um, and mad at A&E for suspending him. And one of the threads that, that this radio host cut down, which I loved him for, was people were saying this is against his First Amendment rights. And what I thought of was, I don't think you should have First Amendment rights unless you understand what the bleep the First Amendment is all about. The First Amendment is protecting you from saying what you want from the federal government, from shutting you down, putting you in jail, censoring you. The First Amendment does not protect you from ramifications from your own asinine comments that may happen from your friends, your family, your employer, anybody else. So please, until you understand what the First Amendment really does, don't quote the First Amendment. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, well, I'm not. I mean, it's not. Doesn't 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 surprise me necessarily that uh, the Duck Dynasty audience doesn't. Understand the first hey now, careful. And it also doesn't surprise me that that, uh, that the Duck Dynasty audience, um, based on what I understand, uh, you yeah. know, would right would have any issue with with, uh, with with taking you know applying their own meaning to it or, or or you know looking at it at face value and saying you know just taking the wrong thing away from it. Yeah, I think their point is he should be able to say whatever he wants to say and. I would say, yes, that's the beauty of America. Mm -hmm. He should be able to say whatever he wants to say, but he should also be ready for whatever happens as a result of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's not coming from the government. That's coming from his employer or whatever. Um, Again, I think that's – but it happens every time. It happens every time this happens. Somebody says – Yeah, and if you're going to – 
if you're going to defend somebody's rights to say what they want, then you need to defend a business's rights to take actions that they want against, you know, right. A, 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 an employee basically that they don't agree with. Right. It's going to affect their ratings. Yeah. It'll probably help them. That's the unfortunate part. Yeah. I suppose yeah. that's true. I, I haven't buzz. read so far as to see what he says. We don't need to get into that, but I'll have to look it up. I'm assuming it was, it's what you would expect. I mean, it's, it's typical, you know, kind of hate speech against certain people's won't even get it. It's no point in even get into it. It happens like every other day from some idiot, whether it's Paula Dean or duck dynasty or whatever. <laughs> I sense a theme. That- <laughs> they should come together. <laughs> They're kind of <Duck> similar. Dean. <laughs> duck Dean. God, let's get those two together and mate and wonder what would be. Paula dynasty. <laughs> oh God. All right. Anyway, I just wanted to get into that. I think I think they should pass a law that says that <laughs> Paula Dynasty. You can't yeah, quote the First Amendment. You can't use it as a defense unless you actually understand what it means. Which I, there's so much irony in that it blows my head. It makes my head hurt to think about. Blows your head. It's like a black hole of mental suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a show title. <laughs> black hole of mental suggestions. Yes. That's too all right. long. Jot that one down. No, that's, we, that should be all right. I think that hits our our character. of limit right there yeah, probably but it'll work. i think it's good all right we do have healthcare marketing stuff to talk about first a couple announcements don't forget join us for joe public retreat in scottsdale she's filling up only 12 slots are open actually less than that now february 18th through 20th it's going to be a grand time lots of learnings go to joepublicretreat.com for more info let us know if you have questions we'd love to have you there uh, don't forget to download our content marketing green paper, our red and green paper. <laughs> That's is awesome. it a, is it a green paper because it's digital only? No, I think it's because the cover's green. Remember, we called it like oh, a white yeah. paper, and yeah. I actually changed that. Wow, I'm on top of things. You are. I know. Lucky I read the script. I would have missed all your humor, <laughs> your subtle humor in here. Wow. Okay, so we've got some Christmas stuff we're going to talk about. We'll wrap up the show with that. First, our healthcare marketing things. Um, the first one is not healthcare, but it is marketing. And of course, you know, like everybody else, we love touting stuff that is completely aligned with what we believe. We're not afraid to admit that's what we do. This was an article that Jackie found from Advertising Age. And it's titled, mm-hmm. Why Advertising is Dead Last Priority at Outerwear Marketer Patagonia. So I think everybody's familiar with Patagonia. Uh, Let me just read the start of this story. Quote, we have a mission to solve problems in the world, said Joy Howard, VP of Marketing at Outwear and Outwear? That was Outerwear. Outwear and Sports Equipment Marketer Mm. Patagonia. That's very much part of how we engage with consumers. And that engagement puts a low priority on advertising. It's the dead last thing Patagonia wants to do, said Ms. Howard. Quote, the best way to get, I'm going to say this in all caps if you can't tell, the best way to get people's attention is to be useful and show useful information that enhances people's lives. Ms. Howard who joined the company in September from Converse where she held the same title. Um, so this is obviously a wonderful, wonderful articulation of the value of content marketing from one of the mm-hmm. most respected and successful brands, Patagonia. Um, and just, again, so people realize that content marketing is not just fluff and feel good. It actually has a business purpose. Later on, it says, 
while winter is Patagonia's biggest season, Miss Howard said the brand is now most focused on spring and its launch of fly fishing gear, coinciding with Mr. Chenard, who I don't know who that is, Mr. Chenard's book, Simple Fly Fishing, which will be released April 1. Miss Howard said the book, co-authored by Mr. Chenard, Craig Matthews, and Mauro Mazzo, will open people up to a new way of fishing. So in other words, their marketing is centered around a book on fly fishing, which mm-hmm. happens to coincide with the release of a fly fishing starter kit and women's fly fishing line in April. So again, this is marketing. This is how you get people's attention. It's how you draw them in. It's inbound. It's content. It's whatever you want to call it. It's not promotional. Yep. Hallelujah. I know. How cool. And did you see where they do not rely on external advertising agencies to work on their campaigns and they do not have an agency of record? That's pretty rare for an yes. organization that large. There's some, <clears throat> yeah, it's probably rare. I mean, there's definitely some other good examples of agents, of uh, companies that do that. I think Fossil, um, at least I believe that's how they used to be. They were all uh, internal and they do some really cool stuff. I mean, even I think all the way down to their tins and uh, 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 some of their other marketing collateral, like the point of sale stuff, is is all done um, internal. So that's pretty impressive. But yeah, it is. Yeah. You yeah. Know, one thing that I thought was interesting about this article, and I wonder if the <clears throat> title is a little bit link baity. Maybe not. Um, is that the very the very second paragraph, just a sentence long? Um, to me, says something a little bit different than what the title says. You know, the title is why advertising is in quotes, dead last priority at outerwear marketer Patagonia. Um, but then that, that the second paragraph, the one sentence, um, it says it's the dead last thing Patagonia wants to do, um, which to me, it's a little bit different than saying it's your dead last priority and, and you know, the dead what? last thing you want to do. Dude, what you sound like the dude from Gizmodo <laughs> is all, what, what is the difference between priority and what you want to do? Well, often, sometimes you can, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, if you look at advertising as a necessary evil, it might be something which maybe we all, I mean, some of us probably do. I mean, but but you look at it, you you still do it. It might be the thing that you dedicate most of your time to even, but it's, but you wish you didn't have to, you know, it's the dead last thing you want to do. You know, you'd rather be devoting your time to things that you feel really make a difference versus the things that, um, you know, you have to do for one reason or another, or that you just feel you're kind of forced into doing. Um, that to me is a little bit different than um, it actually being the dead last priority and the thing that you devote, you know, the least amount of attention to. The title to me feels like it's the thing that, like it's saying it's the thing that they devote like little to no attention to or, the, you know, the least amount. Um, yes. Whereas that, sec- that, that, that paragraph to me or that sentence just feels a little more maybe appropriate or maybe accurate in that maybe advertising isn't the dead last thing that they focus on, but it's the last thing that they want to focus on, you know? So to me, it's just, and again, I don't mean to blow that out of proportion or anything, but it just, it feels a little different and it. To me, it makes the headline feel maybe a little bit link baby. I don't know, dude. I think you're, <sighs> you see the difference though, or do you just don't? Agree? Well, I, I could see the difference. I don't think if the headline says what it says, why advertising is dead last party and then somewhere in this article it talked about, well, it's their dead last priority, but there's the number one spend, then it's link bait. But I don't see any difference between this is our last priority and this is the last thing we want to do. To me, both of those say intent. So they're lined up. And, and doesn't that doesn't mean, by the way, that, that both of those are misleading because to me, I read the same thing in priority and wants to do. And you could be right, 
that both of those could be misleading that they actually do spend all their money on advertising. I don't see that anywhere in here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just it doesn't see say that they do. The it same. doesn't say they don't. Yeah. I mean, I, it very well could be. It just jumped out at me when I read that sentence. It just jumped out at me as different. And, you know, and I, this, I agree. I mean, I read through the article trying to see if they called anything out um, on that. And, you know, they fo- the article obviously is focused on the things that feel non-traditional. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't come out and say that they do or they don't spend, you know, more money on traditional marketing versus this other stuff. Right. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, so we don't, we don't really have any way of knowing. Um, well, either, yes. way, either way, it's inspiring to, to see what they're doing, to know that that is their mindset, you know, whether or not it's the reality of their situation. Um, it is their mindset. They hang their hat on it and they do some cool stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, I think either way. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's just something that that caught my attention when I. Well, yeah, it. and I and I agree. I, we, you can't tell. And there's a sentence in here that says that they don't break out how it, how much it spends annually in marketing efforts. So there's no way to know what they actually spend on advertising. But the story itself, I would not say the headline is misleading. I would say the headline is lines up with that second sentence you talked about and lines up with the content. That doesn't mean that that it doesn't line up with reality. But as mm-hmm. far as we can tell from this, from the article, I think it, it does line up. I mean, they could be lying, but why would ad age, <laughs> you think of anybody at age would have a, maybe a little bit of incentive to dig deeper and go, come on, really? Are you sure? We're an yeah. ad age here. I can't, we can't, you know, and I, I, think, I, I love mean, it. I love that it's in ad age. Cause I think that's, a yeah. Well, and I think even, even if they're, even if the bulk of their marketing budget is spent on traditional stuff, um, the fact that they're spending as much as they are on this non-traditional stuff is still awesome. So either way, it's cool. Yeah. Well, yep. And they're, I mean, I just think their messages are so cool. Like that anti-Black Friday film they did. Yes. What did it, so it encouraged consumers to embrace sustainability and fix their clothing rather than buy new items, which is really bold considering they're, that's what they're selling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just, I just really like how bold they are. I think it's commendable. Yeah, in this day and age of planned obsolescence, it's nice to see someone say, "Hey, don't buy, don't fix fix your old stuff." You know, right. or we're selling stuff that's so good that you don't have to replace it very often. Exactly. Um, it's just you don't. That's not a common message. Which, mm-hmm. like we were talking about before, in relevance of the Duck Dynasty people, and surprised that they would support the bad comments of the guy on Duck Dynasty. Not a surprise that the people that are fans of Patagonia would find value in that message. Yeah. So they know their audience really well. Um, so I think that's, I mean, they're definitely a lifestyle type of brand, but they do oh, a yeah. good job of supporting it. It's not typically through mass advertising. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that. Um, but there's a ton of inbound content, a lot of um, just content marketing focus. That's a good stuff. We like it. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking around fixing your clothes and, and, you know, kind of stop, stopping the, or removing the focus, that self-focus of buying stuff, you know, and replacing what you have. Um, this is right around the time every year where my wife and I go through and purge our closets of, of things that we just haven't worn during the year or Same things here. that have been hanging in there for years. And my God, I can't believe the size of the piles of stuff that we usually donate it yeah. to. Um, uh, it's the veterans who come around mm-hmm. and will pick up your stuff. Um, yep. I think it's Vietnam yeah. vets or something. I believe that's it. But yeah, man, we had a just a couple of huge bags full of stuff that we gave away again this year. And it's it's kind of a it's kind of a sigh of relief when you 
see your closet contain, you know, just kind of the stuff that you want to wear versus all sorts of this, this other crap that you wore once or, you know, haven't worn in years. Except it's nice for, to pare down, get back to, you know, reality. I do it. I do it every year too, Adam. And, but this year, for some reason, my, like the amount of clothes I gave away was obscene, which to yeah, me is a sigh of relief, but it's also like indicative of a bigger problem I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just like a clothes obsession. But at least they go to people who need them, I suppose. So yes, that's yeah. good. Yeah, there's some good oh, apps okay. out there now too for keeping track of the of the adding everything up, tallying everything up for you for tax purposes. It's kind of crazy what you can actually claim for oh. taxes on that. Our big a couple of big piles came out to like six hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, oh, that's, wow. you don't write that. That's not about that. you know you don't that that doesn't get shaved off of your taxes right there. You know, it's a percentage of that, but right. Um, it's it's you know. That's a side, nice side benefit to doing something good. This we'd do true. it even we'd do it even if we didn't have a tax benefit, but it certainly isn't a it's a nice incentive. Yeah. Well I always I always know when I hit that with a certain article of clothing, when I get clothed guilt, when it's like <laughs> it, and what I mean by that is like, man, I want to wear that shirt. I haven't worn that shirt in a while. You know, like I can't get around to the shirts that I've bought. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's like yeah. there's too many shirts for the week or the month or whatever. I mean, not the month. It's not like I have 30 <laughs> shirts in my closet, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I haven't worn that shirt in a while. Well, that just tells me I have too many damn shirts. Yeah. Oh, kind of see, white I people hoard. problem, first world problem type of stuff. <laughs> Maybe you're a hoarder like I am. Uh, no, I get rid of stuff like Adam says. I get rid of it not just once a year, but if every once but in a while, like I'm a- yeah. But if there's a favorite shirt I bought, I keep the tags on that thing until something real special comes around. <laughs> you keep like our holiday party on? tonight. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If it's a favorite shirt, I'll take the tags off right away. I know I'm, I know I'm holding on to that sucker. Oh, right. I'm the opposite. The worst, nice. though, is when you have a favorite shirt that you didn't really, you know, you didn't know at first that it was going to be your favorite. It became your favorite and then something happens and it's, you know, you can't, you, you can't replace it. And you're just I know. You didn't buy like five of them when you got it. Cause it's like, son of a, that <laughs> happens to me with perfect. sweaters and stuff. Cause they stretch yeah. out and lose their yep. shape. That sucks it. <laughs> First world yes, problems. It does. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's That's so bad when all the clothes I love go out of shape. <laughs> oh. When I can't, I don't have enough time to wear them all. <laughs> we are sad and pathetic people, but at least we try to do the right thing. We're not. All right, let's. Let's. That's well, a great you know segue. What? Oh, go ahead. Yes. No, I was just going to say I had a drummer. A, the drummer in the band I played with in college, his answer to every damn thing, and it made me, it drove me insane. Was it's all relative? You'd say anything to him, and he'd say it's all, it's all relative. <laughs> and I think that that's a, that's a good response here too. They say they certainly are first person white person, you know, white people problems, but. You know, in the in the grand scheme of our lives, it certainly is. You know, it's it's all of these things are relative to to your situation. So if it's 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 still a problem, but that's an uh, easy that that could be abused pretty damn quick. Oh, <laughs> oh hell yes, it could be. Abused. I mean, I just I think, think of all the historical older, situations where like Germans in 1943 are going, you know, it's all relative, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that sounds like a rationalization to just. Damn, no, that's why you're not going to worry about that because no, it's, it's well, yes, relative. yes. In his context, it was all it was. He, yeah, that's why he would answer it that way because he didn't want to talk about anything or didn't want to. Be real, real. <laughs> he didn't want to face, didn't want to take face negativity. 
but I think yeah. at the same time, I, as it's important to realize that 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 things are are relative because it also you know helps frame how crappy things are for some people versus how good they are for us. This is true. This is true. Well put. Mm-hmm. Deep thoughts for a holiday season. <laughs> all right. No, right. Now I don't have a segue. I had a great segue before. We just walked all over it. Damn it. <laughs> so without well, a segue, we're going to get to a story that I said was rant worthy because it, when I read it, what was funny was I read it on the same day. I read two other stories like it and I was just stomping around the house. I was, I just, I don't know why this is so egregious to me. Um, the story we're going to talk about was in the New York Times on Sunday and it's called the selling of attention deficit disorder. And the premise of it is essentially that the um, diagnosis of ADHD in children has skyrocketed, not uncoincidentally with, you know, correlated to a massive two decade marketing effort by pharmaceutical companies that sell drugs that are prescribed for ADHD. And it, 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 you know, these things always make me vomit in my mouth. They make me question what we do. I mean, I don't think what we do or any other hospital marketer, I shouldn't say any other, the vast majority of us are not out there knowingly pushing a service or a product that we know is not needed or that is bad. Um, that was the other story I read was about the Nuva ring, which is a form of birth control, which literally kills women and it's still marketed out there. But in both cases, we're talking, I mean, the focus is really on healthcare marketers. Now, pharmaceutical marketers and the pharmaceutical companies. Um, but let me just read you some stuff here, then we'll dive in. Um, so there's talking about, starts by talking about this doctor uh, who, let's see, what is, da, da, da. so he's a specialist in ADHD. And he spoke in Washington, D.C. recently. He noted that, this is the beginning of the article, he noted that recent data from the CDC show that the diagnosis has been made in 15% of high school-aged children. That's astonishing. And that the number of children on medication for the disorder has soared from to 3.5 million from 600,000 in 1990. He questioned the rising rates of diagnosis and called them, quote, a national disaster of dangerous proportions. Quote, the numbers make it look like an epidemic. Well, it's not. It's preposterous, Dr. Connors, a psychologist and professor at Demetrius at Duke University, said. Uh, the rise of ADHD diagnoses and prescriptions for stimulants over the years coincided with a remarkably successful two-decade campaign by pharmaceutical companies to publicize the syndrome and promote the pills to doctors, education, educators, and parents. The children's market booming, the industry is now employing similar marketing techniques as it focuses on adult ADHD, which can become even more profitable. Few dispute that classic ADHD, historically estimated to affect 5% of children, is a legitimate disability. Medication often assuages the severe impulsiveness and inability to concentrate, allowing a person's underlying drive and intelligence to emerge. But even some of the field's longtime advocates say the zeal to find and treat every ADHD child has led to too many people with scant symptoms receiving the diagnosis and medication. The disorder is now the second most frequent long-term diagnosis made in children right after asthma. And it kind of talks about the advertising. This is all I'll say about the advertising. A 2002 ad for Adderall, which is one of the leading drugs, showed a mother playing with her son and saying, quote, thanks for taking out the garbage. As if, 
If your kid doesn't want to take out the garbage, he or she must have ADHD. Drug them. Drug Gosh. them because all kids should want to mm. and on a continual basis take out your garbage. And if they don't, then clearly there's a clinical error, you know, issue there that needs to be <laughs> treated with pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and then later on it talks about um, oh God, where was it? I highlighted it. Let me find it. Shoot, I lost it. It was talking about one of the drug companies just just printed like fifty thousand comic books um, that have these superheroes yeah. in them that talk to kids in the comic and make them feel about HD HD like it's okay. And you can take this medication and feel great and be your. Let's say <laughs> I just like the copy. Um, the superheroes tell children, quote, medicines may make it easier to pay attention and control your behavior, exclamation point. Anyway, it's, it, it's so bad. disgusting. Did you, yeah, I just happened, for some reason I didn't notice this before, but I scrolled down to some of their advert further down in the article and the ads that have like Adam Levine on them. Like basically, I mean, you kind of feel bad because you wonder how much Adam Levine is really clued into this whole deal, but. Well, shame I, on him then. <clears throat> Well, and yeah, probably, but it, you know, it says, I remember being the kid with ADHD. Truth is, I still have it. I mean, just think about how that like appeals to, yes. I don't know. It's just using like a really hot celebrity in like, <laughs> when you flip through those ads, if you flip through those ads too, you go about three or four deep and it, you know, it starts linking ADHD to depression. So yeah, if you're depressed, it's like, could it be ADHD? I mean, what does, what doesn't ADHD, what, right. what doesn't it cause? Right. And that's kind of what they talk about is that they, and this is where it made it hit home to me a little bit because they talk about how they use like online quizzes and stuff, which is something we always advocate for as part of content marketing. But they, but they use them in such a broad way that, you know, they're so broad that anything that's wrong could be ADHD. And I've heard this recently. They had another yeah. story about this um, having to do with low tech low testosterone testosterone in men and it's the same deal like there's pharmaceutical companies and in in particular one doctor who is out there as like this expert in this and they're pushing medication and basically the quiz if you go to it is like anything like don't want to take out the garbage you must have low testosterone right it's Uh, it's sick it's sick it's disgusting when did that ever become okay there's an ad from, God, it says 1971. If you keep, again, flipping through that pile with the one with Adam Levine on it, there's, an, there's a yeah. riddle and ad that's pretty appalling. But yeah, the main headline is just riddling and then help, helps the problem child become lovable again. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. His parents that's say so unmanageable, clumsy, destructive. His teachers say overactive, easily distracted, impulsive. Physicians say... Uh, FBP, MBD, MCD, or hyperkinesis. Ritalin helps the problem child become lovable again. <laughs> here's it. Oh here's God. um. So the so the New York Times did a poll. There's a web page sponsored by the drug maker Shire, which is throughout this article. Um, mm-hmm. It features a quiz which encourages adults with what many would consider common behavior to think they might have ADHD. In a Times poll of 1,100 American adults asking the same questions by telephone, nearly half half got a result of ADHD possible or ADHD may be likely. So 
they kind of give you the questions. And, and the one that I can see on here, it's a PDF, so I can't see all of them, is here's a question. How often do you have trouble wrapping up the final details of a project once the challenging parts have been done? And so if you say often, which I would say, because who the hell wants to worry about the final details? (laughs) I mean, only the eight or ten of people in the world. I mean, they're the ones that need a drug, not the 90 percent of the rest of us (laughs) who find that boring and, you know, tiresome. Well, not only that, but, you know, especially in our world where you, you know, you kind of work, you're always working within the constraints of a budget. You know, you do you do what you can within that budget. Uh, You kind of are often left with this feeling like, God, there's so much more we could do. You know, things always feel like, okay, so when, when the project is quote unquote done or launched, you know, it's, it's like, it's in a good spot, but you always feel like there's, there's more that you could do. Like it's not done. So, I mean, if that's, if that's, that, does that mean you, that we all as marketers have ADHD because we can't finish anything? You know, it's technically nothing's ever done. We always want, we always strive to do more with what we're doing. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. And and throughout here, references physicians that are responsible for a lot of the research that is used to support the use of these drugs to, to treat ADHD, who happen, wow, what a shocker to be on the payroll, the pharma companies themselves. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And so I guess, you know, this it's not a shocker that this has been going on when you see the numbers um, and you read it in black and white like this. It is disgusting. And I think for us, because this is our business, uh, different part of the industry, but in many ways, yeah. the same deal. It's just another reminder that it's up to us as marketers. You know, the marketers that are quoted in here, I want to ask them, how do you sleep at night? I'm sure they make a gob awful amount of money. How do you for sleep sure. at night? Because you, you know that what you're doing you're is hyping something that's not needed. Mm-hmm. You know it. I think if I knew that, I couldn't do it. There's no way I, I would. I, I would. Do I think it. I know the answer. The answer is well, I sleep quite well on my three thousand thread count sheets and my. Uh... <laughs> no, you'd say it's all relative. It's it's all relative. <laughs> exactly. That's right. It's all relative. <laughs> Here's another great one. In September 2005, over a cover that heralded Kirstie Alley's waistline and Matt Damon's engagement, subscribers of People magazine saw a wraparound advertisement for Adderall. A mother hugged her smiling child, holding a sheet of paper with a B-plus written on it. Finally, schoolwork that matches his intelligence. So if your kid is not getting the grades, it must be ADHD. Uh, I know. It's, it's, and it's really gross. It's one of those, again, I think we've mentioned this before. As a parent or as somebody, you've got to, you've got to be on the watch for yourself, you know? You've got to, you've really got to look out for the stuff. You've got to educate yourself and be your own advocate because, you know, school, teachers are in on this stuff, not intentionally. I think most of the time, but I think they're swayed by the messages. Well, and, you know, even though kids don't always need it, I'm sure it helps. I mean, I had, I knew a ton of people in college who'd always take it if they needed to cram for tests. And they weren't yeah, I mean, ADHD, but it helps you. So That's the thing about these drugs. I mean, they'll like Jack like Jack like you said, they'll they can help. They can help all of us probably, mm-hmm. you know, but, oh, but yeah. at what cost? At what I mean, you can I mean, you can there's a lot of things that will make us behave differently, but it's like, you know, at what's the cost? What at what cost? Well, but I wouldn't say taking ADHD medication so you can cram for a test is wise. Well, no, I, no. Yeah. You could also just I mean. drink yeah, a bunch of freaking speed, and, and that's essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah no, and, I wasn't and, saying and it was wise, but it does make I'm you sh- focus, and that's the appeal for people. I'm sure there are kids that it's that legitimately helps, but it's it's yes, it's, it's, yes. It seems like there are far the you know uh, the the whole point of this article is that it's it's overdiagnosed. I mean, far. it's way there's way there are way too many doctors who are or 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 others who are jumping to that conclusion. I mean, even I've got friends whose whose teacher told them that their whose their child's teacher their child was five or six, I think, in first grade, <clears throat> had said, uh, your, your kid needs something. You know, he doesn't focus. He needs, you know, you should need to bring him in. He needs, he basically said that your child needs medication to focus. That's a right. teacher coming out and, and doing the diagnosis for you. Oh, dude, I had the same experience. Nobody, probably nobody listening to this podcast knows my son, Jack, who's 15 now. But when he was in kindergarten, him and his best friend from across the street were in the same class, sitting at the same table. And they got in trouble. It's like, shocker. It's two five-year-old boys that have known each other since birth, and they're goofing off, right? And so the teacher literally drops the hyperactive thing. And I'm like, I already knew about This is, whatever, 10 years ago. I was already on the watch for this stuff. If you saw Jack today, you'd be like, if you defined hyper, he is the polar opposite. He's the most (laughs) laid back. He's like a surfer dude. That's what he is. And, but that's what it is. Just like you said, Adam, it's like, oh, you know, your the son isn't right. the boy usually a lot of times isn't paying attention. Well, there's a lot of stuff that says the way education happens now, it's not good for boys. Putting them at a table with other kids, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's too much distraction. That's they're not fine. because they're mentally <laughs> diseased. It's because yeah. you put them at a table with a bunch of other kids and ask them to focus. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're getting off on other things now, but... It just, all of this just makes me mad. It makes me mad. Yeah. yeah. Everyone should read this article. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. That I agree with. Okay. Enough of the rant. Good rant. <laughs> that was a good rant. I feel better. Thus endeth the rant. All right. So we should wrap things up with any kind of holiday thoughts before we go. This has been a long podcast. How about your favorite Christmas song? Like I put in the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> favorite You're such Christmas a stickler. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I'm gonna go. I'd probably have to pick something by like the Trans Siberian Orchestra, where it's like a little bit of heavy metal in there and some cool d- uh, dual, you know, solo guitars going to town. That's a good show. If you've never been to a Trans Siberian sh- uh, Orchestra show, go. you should uh, you should check it. I don't out. want to go to Russia. Highly recommended. <laughs> They'll come it's to you far, Chris. <laughs> oh wait, isn't that kind of the same as Mannheim Steamroller? Yes. No. Well, I think I, Mannheim Steamroller is a little more like digital and a little more like upbeat synthesizer stuff, whereas Trans Siberian okay. Orchestra is a little more uh, metal. It's it's literally <laughs> some of the guitarists. It's, it's literally the guitarists are from um, like old metal bands like Sabotage and some of these more. Uh, you know, in, in, I'm not sure what exactly the term is for that metal, but very guitar focused, very heavy, um, but bringing it up a beat, making it classical, and you know, playing some good old Christmas tunes with it. So it's kind of fun. There's, there's probably, you know, it might appeal to the same audience. I like both, but I like the heaviness of the of the orchestra a little more. Jackie, what's yours? You know, I put this on there, and I don't know if I necessarily have one. It kind of depends on who sings it, actually. I grew up listening to Christmas music, though, so it's like Nat King Cole and Johnny Mathis and the That Carpenters. makes you unique. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people that have grew up on Christmas music. Well, no, I mean, like, so <laughs> newer Christmas music is... 
It was playing all year. Although I don't think I can get sick of Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." That's what I was oh going to say. That was mine. Yeah, that's. I like one. that. That's that. I also like um, "Bare Naked Ladies." Me too. What is that? Oh, in the band, the band is good. The band. What's the song they sing? You like "Bare Naked Ladies"? <laughs> that's what you said. Comfort and joy. <laughs> good tidings.